Somebody give God some praise. The Lord is worthy to be praised. Stop the music. Let me hear the praise. Come on, put your hands together and give God some glory in this. Anybody in here that need him this morning? Anybody really need him this morning? Am I standing in the midst of anybody that have an understanding that I cannot live without him? I can't move without him. I, I can't breathe without him in my life. Tell somebody I need the Lord. I ain't gonna sit here and act like I don't need him. I need him to be able to go to sleep at night. I need him to be able to wake up in the morning. I need him to give me my health and my strength because without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I could do nothing. I, I, I can't afford coming in acting like I don't owe him praise. I can't afford coming in here acting like he hadn't done anything for me. When I realize that what I have is because of God. Where I am is because of God. The reason my bed was not my cooling board this morning is because of God. And the last time I read my Bible, it said, let everything that have breath. 
I don't believe in no dead folks physically dead in here this morning. If you got breath, that means you ought to be giving God some kind of praise. If you can't open your mouth, wave your hand. If you can't wave your hand, pat your foot, you ought to be giving God some kind of praise. Don't wait on your neighbor to praise him before you praise him. Forget about who's around you and praise him for yourself. Everybody in here ought to be giving God praise. That means preachers, you ought to be praising him too. Deacons, you ought to be praising him too. Choir, you ought to be praising him too. God don't care about your title and your position. He said, I'm God. God don't care nothing about us in our positions. None of that matters to God. When you come in his presence, the Bible says every knee must bow. And every tongue must confess that he's Lord. You ought to be able to praise him without the music. You ought to be able to praise him without the drums. You ought to be able to praise him without the singing. The Bible said when you enter in, you ought to come in with a praise in your heart and thanksgiving in your heart. You ought to come in the door. We got something to praise him for. As high as gas is, you still ride. Oh, I, I ain't got nobody here want to have much church this morning. You still riding. As high as food prices have gone, you still have some on your table to eat. You ought to give God some praise. Didn't nobody have to roll you up in here this morning. But you had two feet, two legs, able to walk. You might have been limping. Your, your arthritis may have been, amen. Uh, you you might have felt, felt old man Arthur in your knee, but at least you were able to limp in here. You might have been on a cane, but thank God you're still able to walk. In spite of what condition you're in, you still owe God some praise.
may be wounded, may be hurting, but you're still here. Anybody got a praise that said, Lord, I thank you that I'm still here. All may not be well with me in my life, but I thank you that I'm still here. May be wounded, may be hurting, may be bleeding on the inside, but Lord, I thank you that I'm still here. Somebody right now may be sitting there, it don't take all that. You just hadn't been in the right fix. You hadn't been in the right mess yet to, to understand that it take that and then some. Am I, am I preaching to anybody that God have ever brought out of a mess that didn't look good and you thought you wasn't coming out? Your enemy thought you wasn't coming out? Your family thought you wasn't coming out? But God! Somehow, some way, made a way out of no way. If you know that you tell somebody, I would still be in a mess if the Lord hadn't brought me out. Somebody can say, I would have still been strung out on drugs if the Lord had not brought me out. I will still be drinking my liquor and my gibbless gin if the Lord had not brought me out. I wouldn't be in here right now praising and lifting my hand and opening my mouth had the Lord not brought me out. Because he brought me out. I understand that I owe him praise. Because he brought me out. Tell somebody, because he brought me out. I'm going to praise him. Tell him I may be going through something. That you may not know what I'm going through. But because I know he brought me out last time. I believe he's going to bring me out this time. Cause he brought me. Because he brought me. Now I better understand why David said I would bless the Lord at all times. Because how many know we have various times in our life. We have some good times. We have some bad times. We even have some in between times. But whatever time I find myself in, I will bless the Lord. I'll bless him. I'll bless him. I hear the Lord saying in my heart, where is that one that will turn around and thank me? 
for what I've done for him. I, I, I thought about the ten, the ten lepers that would heal and I hear the Lord saying, where is that one that will bless me and that will turn around and thank me for what I've done in their life? Is it anybody say, Lord, I'll be that one? Here I am, Lord. I'm that one. I, I'm the one that's willing to praise you. And I'm the one that's willing to worship you. I'm the willing one, Lord, who's willing to thank you and bless your name because I realize what you've done in my life. See, I, I'm going to preach you in a minute, but I'm already preaching. A lot of folks fail to ever reflect on the fact that it could have been me in the other position what are you saying by that preacher what I mean when you pass that person that's sleeping you see them got their stuff out there and they laying down under that tree because they have nowhere else to go in the back of your mind you ought to every now and then say Lord it could have been me But I thank you that it, it's, it's not. Anybody thank him that it's not. Lord, I thank you. I got somewhere to live. I thank you. I have somewhere to eat. I thank you, Lord, for all of your many blessings. That you bestowed upon me. Lord, we thank you right now. We worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Oh, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. And right now, Lord, we pray that you would sweep this room with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray for a visitation of your spirit right now. Lord, I pray that you move from heart to heart and breath to breath as the songwriter said have thine own way O Lord for you are the potter and we are the clay touch us on this day that we'll have a life changing experience and that we will not walk out of these doors the same way that we walked in but that we'll, when we leave here Lord we will be uplifted. We will be enlightened. That we will be, Lord, walking in another anointing. I pray now, Lord, that as your word is going forth, that you let it fall on good ground. Speak, Lord, in this house on today. And we'll carefully give you all of the glory and all of the praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Every heart shout amen. Clap your hands and give the Lord the glory. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm one of those that believe that it's time out for all this sophisticatedness. And all the mediocrity mediocrity in our praise and in our worship and Jesus made an announcement in the scripture he said that God is a spirit 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, some stuff that pleases us may not please God. What we think is enough. God said, you ain't even got started yet. For he said, my ways are not yours and my thoughts are not like yours. He said, even as heaven is higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways above yours. And because he's God, because he's sovereign, because of who he is, because of what he's done. Amen. I think that we ought to give him all we got. Everything. Don't hold nothing back. See, because I've, I have discovered that even as you empty your cup, he feels it. Even as you empty and pour out your praise upon it, I, I, I'm telling you, that's why they say, look, when praises go up, blessings come down. So the Lord says, when you pour out your praise, when you pour your praise out of your cup, I understand that your cup is going to end up empty if you keep on pouring. But he said, if you keep on pouring, I'm going to give you something else to praise me about. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I wish I had somebody that understood what I'm trying to say. Is it anybody here know that if you praise him for one thing, God will give you something else to praise him about? He said, you, you, you rejoicing over that and you blessing me and you praising me. Well, let me bless your life in another way because I'm going to give you something else. Because if you keep pouring out your praise, your cup going to be empty. But I'm going to give you something else to praise me about. And I'm going to fill your cup with some more praise. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This morning, God has deposited a word in my spirit for you. I want you to go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And we shall commence reading at verse 1. Psalm 91. And we shall commence reading at verse 1. After you find that scripture, those of you who are able, we ask that you would stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. Are you glad to be in the house? Psalm 91, beginning at verse 1, you will find... These words, it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, 
He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by day nor the arrow that flieth by night. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Here's the verse I love. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning, I want to preach from this thought. I want to talk about under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, first of all, that that's a good position to be in. To be under the shadow of God, the Almighty. You know, so many people spend a lot of time trying to be under somebody else's shadow. Some people feel like, well, if I can be under the shadow of this particular preacher, I'll end up a certain way. I'll end up in a certain position. But, but how many in this sanctuary know today that there's no better place to be than under the shadow of God? Under the shadow of the Almighty. He, he, he says, the psalmist says here in verse 1, he said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, that lets me know that there is a place in God that is a secret place. 
And I don't know about nobody else in here today, but, 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 but there are times, I have discovered there are times in life that you need a secret place. A place where you can uh, 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 go to, where uh, you can be alone. Where you won't be bothered, the, 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 the secret place in God. I have discovered that on this earth, sometimes we can have hideaways, but they're really not secret places. Because, let me, let me tell you something, <laughs> there, there's just about no place that you can go in this land where you can't be found. But I'm talking here from scripturally from a, 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 a scriptural perspective that this secret place in God is a place where even the enemy can't get to you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the... Listen, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, under the shadow of God. Under the, the shadow of God. Listen here. Now we often talk about being in the hand of God. We talk about, from the scripture standpoint, about being under the hand of God. But here in this text, we, we, we see that there are benefits of being in God's shadow. Tell somebody there's blessings being under his shadow. And my question to the congregation this morning is are you under his shadow? Because I have discovered that you can come to church every Sunday and not be under his shadow. You can preach from the Holy Bible and not be under his shadow. You can sing Zion songs and not be under his shadow. Now, I want you to understand that, 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 that when, we, when we look at it from this perspective, now, 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 I know that God is much greater than you and I, but let's just bring it to a practical and a realistic standpoint. In order for my shadow to fall upon someone or someone, I got to get, in order for my shadow, see what I'm trying to do? See, I'm looking at my shadow here. But in order, in order for my shadow to hit Reverend Ali, I'm not touching him. But now my shadow. And the point that I'm about to drive home, in order for my shadow to fall upon him, I have to get close enough. And in order for us to be under God's shadow, how many know you got to get close enough to him? 
Tell your neighbor you got to get close to him. You got to get close to him in order to be up under his shadow. Amen. You cannot be from a distance. You cannot be far off. But in order for to be under his shadow, you got to get close to him. You got to get close enough. But so oftentimes there are a lot of folk who, who, who will follow the Lord and who, but they will do it from a distance. And say, Lord, I'm willing to get this close, but no closer. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Tell your neighbor there are benefits. There are benefits when we position ourselves under the shadow of God. Notice what I said. When we position ourselves, God is not going to take us and snatch us against our will, but we have to freely position ourselves. God ain't going to bend our arm behind our back. Put us on the ground and say, do what I said, boy. He's not going to do that. But how many know you got to freely? Freely give yourself unto God. Amen. And when we position ourselves under the shadow of the almighty God, there will be benefits we experience and that we gain in our lives. Just by positioning ourselves under his shadow. Because the truth of the matter is that, amen, something, amen, God will bless. He will allow it to rain upon the just as well as the unjust. Amen, there will be certain blessings that we get. But I've discovered there are certain things you can't tap into. There are certain things that you'll never be able to receive. God has it for us. But there are certain things we'll never be able to receive, certain benefits we will never be able to experience until we position ourselves under the shadow of God. Position. How many know position matters? When the team is playing football and when they're trying to score, you can have a good quarterback. Hmm? But the receiver. See, sometimes the quarterback is trying to get the ball to the receiver. Amen. But he has to understand that, hey, I understand that the opposing team is trying to intercept the ball from my from my teammate that I'm trying to get it to. So sometimes, amen, the receiver has to do whatever it takes so he can position himself. To receive 
amen, the ball that the quarterback is trying to get to him. And all I'm trying to do is use that story, amen, and that illustration to tell us sometime, amen, we have to understand God is trying to get something to us. He's trying to get more blessings and more blessings and all kind of stuff to us. But we have to understand we have opposition. Oh, but despite of the uh, despite the opposition, you got to do what it takes in order to receive what God, the quarterback, has to give you. Is anybody here willing to do what it takes? Whatever it takes. Somebody may not understand. It's going to take you cutting off some old friendships in order to get what the master is trying to get to you somebody may not understand that you have to separate yourself from certain folk in order to put yourself in position to receive tell your neighbor position yourself God ain't gonna just come and snatch us and just throw us in position He's not that kind of God. But we have to position ourselves in order to receive what he has. Listen, listen at what the psalmist said. He gives his testimony about God in the very next verse. He gives us his personal testimony. He lets us know in verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then before he gives us a rundown of the benefits of abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, he gives us his personal testimony because your personal testimony says to people, I know what I'm talking about. Hmm. Sometimes you go around saying, God is a healer, God is a healer. And some folks try to convince you, no, how do you know God is a healer? God ain't no healer, God don't heal no more. He just do it through the doctor, you just go through the doctor. And when you know that God didn't heal your body and you start testifying, you can tell them, I know God is a healer because he healed me. You can say what you want to say, but I know that I know that I know and I know what I know and I know who I know and I know God is. Healer. See, 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 that's what a person, a testimony would do. Because when you have a testimony, you are convinced. God has proven himself to you. When you have a testimony, that means you've had a test and you pass. You came out on victory side. He gives this person a testimony in a few words. In verse 2, he said, look, he said, I will say of the Lord, meaning that this is my, this is what I have to say about the Lord. This is my testimony about the Lord. He said, I can truly say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God. 
Look, three things he said that the Lord was to him. Number one, he said, God is my refuge. Number two, he said, God is, the Lord is my fortress. Then he said, he is my capital G-O-D. He is my God. That's how I know what I'm talking about. See, it's one thing to go on what Big Mama told you. But see, you can go on what Big Mama told you and he not be your God. But he said, I know uh, what the Lord had done for me. He's been my refuge. He's been my fortress. And let me tell you, he is my God. Woo, he said a lot in that. And I ain't got all day to say it. But when he said he is my God, amen, let's bring it more modernistic, more up to date. In other words, if he had a, a Rolls Royce, he, say, he was saying in so many words, I have a Rolls Royce, but that ain't my God. Got a nice wardrobe, but that ain't my God. Got a big fine house. But that ain't my God. The reason I'm saying that is because all those little things can be little gods. Little idols in our life. But he said, God, the Lord is my God. Then he said, in him will I trust. I'm not trusting in my money. I'm not trusting in my honey. I'm not trusting, I'm not trusting in my friends. I'm not trusting, amen, in my houses and land and, and cars and all of that stuff. In other words, he said, bottom line, my trust is in God. Am I preaching to anybody here who can say my trust is in God? My trust is in God. Because anything can happen. My money start acting funny. Come on here, somebody. Sometimes people have to die and leave us by ourselves. Cars will break down and cause you headache. So in other words, he said the bottom line of the matter is that I know I can trust in God. Regardless of what happens, I know. Anybody got that testimony? I can trust in God. Amen. Regardless to what the devil hit me with, I know I can trust in God. God has proven himself to be trustworthy. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm ready to preach. Is it anybody can say the Lord has proven himself to me to be worthy of my trust? He brought me through this and he brought me through that. He's proven himself to me to be worthy of my trust. Is it anybody got a made up mind? Lord, I'll trust in you. With all of my heart, come hell or high water, 
I'll trust in you. Whether I'm sick or whether I'm well, I'll trust in you. Whether I'm up or whether I'm down, I'll trust in you. Whether I'm happy or whether I'm sad, I'll trust in you. When all of my haters pull together to destroy me, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. So he gives the reader, the psalmist here, he gives the reader the understanding that God has proven himself to be a faithful God in his personal life. Then he says, I will trust in him. Then he begins in verse 3 to give us a rundown of the benefits that one receives who abides under the shadow of God. The first benefit in verse 3, he said, surely, no doubt about it, he says, surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. A snare is simply nothing more than a trap. And can I tell you that everybody will experience times in your life where the enemy will set traps. <laughs> Am I preaching to anybody that ever had a trap set for you? Traps. See, one thing about a trap when the enemy sets a trap, you are not going to be aware all the time the trap that he set for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've seen folk act like they need counseling. Some genuinely needed it. And others were just trying to get close. Believe it or not, some pastors have had, this is just an example, some pastors of, of traps being set. Some pastors have had, amen, women, amen, to come. I need counseling. And show up at the counseling session with a great big old trench coat, fur coat on. What you got? And as hot as it is. <laughs> and Lord, if you could have seen when she took the coat off. I 
I'll leave that for your imagination. But, but how many know the point that I'm trying to drive home is that the enemy sets traps. That's the job of the enemy is to set traps. And can I tell you, I don't care how nice the enemy appears, he will always be an enemy. If he go from, from frowning to smiling, you better always keep in the back of your mind that that was an enemy. In war, in war, let me tell you something. How many believe we in war? And I ain't talking about over there in Iraq. We've been in war before them soldiers went over there. I'm talking about a spiritual battle here now. We are at war every day of our life. That's why the Bible tells us, put on the whole armor of God. That you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because he's out there. Setting traps. Listen, if those people over there fighting against us are trying to win the battle, when it comes down for them to put <clears throat> bombs and, and uh, uh, all that stuff in the sand, dynamite, whatever strategies that they use, whenever it comes down to putting that stuff there to set traps for the U.S. soldiers, do you think that that enemy care anything about, oh, I better not put this here. If he step it, it's going to take somebody's life. The enemy don't care nothing about that. Because that's his job. And he sets traps. He sets snares. But here, the psalmist ensures us through the word of God that surely if you abide under God's shadow, he will deliver you. And can I tell you, when God delivers, sometime it'll be way on down the line before you even realize he delivered you. Woo! Lord have mercy. Sometimes it'd be way on down the line. You didn't even know the enemy was plotting and scheming and planning against your life. And on down the line, you would discover the Lord delivered you and you didn't even know it. That's why I say all the time when God allows certain things to happen in our life, baby, we need not complain. My brother, my sister, we need not to complain because if God let it happen, he let it happen for a reason and not to destroy you, but to make you better. But if you only could see the stuff that God delivered you from that you don't even know he delivered you from, it would absolutely blow your mind. The psalmist assures us he will deliver. He says, surely. He didn't just say that he, he will deliver. But look at here in that, in that third verse. There are two words. He is sandwiched between surely and shall. He, representing God, is sandwiched between two words of certainty. 
surely and shall. Those two words mean no doubt about it. Anytime you see the word shall in the Bible, you can look for it. Anytime you see the word surely in the Bible, you can count on it to happen. He says surely he shall. Gives us two words of surety and certainty. Surely he shall deliver thee. From the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence, the raging epidemic. The epidemic. I don't have much more time. I got to hurry and close this thing. Look, he said in verse 3, surely he shall deliver thee. Now, what I want you to do in your Bible, if, or, or, or if you have a highlighter, I want you to highlight the benefits, because we're running down the benefits. The first benefit was that he shall deliver thee. Just he shall deliver thee. That's, that's benefit number one. These are the benefits that we receive when we abide under the shadow of God. If you're, if you're taking notes, these are the benefits that we receive when we abide under the shadow of God. Number one, we, 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 we have a deliverer. To deliver us out of various situations and circumstances and trials and dilemmas in our lives. When we abide under the shadow of God, we can look for him to deliver us when we're in trouble. We can look for him to rescue us out of the fiery furnace. We can look for him to deliver us out of the lion's den. We can look for him to break us out of jail. As long as we abide under his shadow. The second benefit you will find in verse 4. He shall cover thee. He'll cover you when the enemy is shooting at you. Fiery darts. The Lord will cover you. He'll cover you from every plot and every plan that the enemy has against your life. He will cover you. It's kind of like somebody getting ready to shoot somebody down and they run and knock them down and lay on top of them. And they're saying when they through their action that I'm willing to take the hit for you. I'm willing to take the bullet for you. And God, amen, he, when the enemy tries to snuff us out, when he tries to attack us, when he tries, amen, to destroy us, God will cover us. And I know that God is a just God, but let me tell you something. Even some of our crookedness, God covered up. There is no crookedness in God. But what I'm saying is that stuff that we did, 
that could have caught, brought shame on the body of Christ, shame on ourselves and our family. God did not allow certain things to be exposed. Tell your neighbor he covered it up. <laughs> Somebody may have been running with the wrong crowd and they caught everybody but you. It's because <laughs> it's because the law <laughs> was looking out for you. Isn't anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody can say the Lord looked out for me even before I got saved? That's the reason he didn't allow me to get killed in the club and shot down and drink myself to death. He was covering me all the time. Tell your neighbor, tell, tell about two neighbors, say he covered me. You don't have to tell them what it was, just tell them he covered me. He covered me. He covered me. I know, I know he'll cover you because he covered me. That was the second benefit. He said he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wing shall thou trust. And under the wing lets us know that in order for you to be under the wing of God, amen, you have to be close enough. You have to position yourself to, to be close enough to him to position yourself under his wing. Listen. Under his wing shall thou trust. Meaning that or representing that if you're close to God. Because of you know your position. You will not doubt him. I don't care what you face. You know, I don't care how it looks. Because a man you know how close you are to him. And you understand that he will not allow anything, amen, to destroy you, amen. I never will forget when I was much younger, amen, I, I, I used to be afraid, I was afraid of, of uh, uh, dogs as a little boy. And, and, and uh, uh, I never will forget, we got out in this yard, my dad, we were going to see a member. And um, I, I saw that dog, and that dog was growling. And kind of barking. Kind of made me afraid. And how many know in life. Sometimes the dogs will growl. And they'll bark. And see the purpose of the dog. Growling and barking. It's not so much that he's going to jump you, but he's trying to intimidate you. I've known some dogs. I discovered daddy told me, he said, don't worry, son, don't worry. He said, he said, stay close to me. And if you stay close to me, if that dog come and try to bite you, son, whoo, I'll take care. 
of you. And God is saying that same thing to his people. He said, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. But if the wolves try to bite you, they can growl all they want to. They can do all they want to. But if they mess around and try to attack, the Lord said, I'll raise a standard. I'll raise a standard against the enemy. Anybody know God would do it for you? Tell your neighbor, just stay close to him. If you stay close enough to him, you have all the protection you need. If you stay close enough to God, you have all of the strength that you need. If you stay close enough to God, he will take care of you. And I discovered what daddy said to be true. Sometimes those dogs, they'll, they'll, they'll growl and they'll bark. But somehow all you gotta do is jump. And, and they'll take off running. Out of all that growling, out of all that barking, all that noise you're making. Didn't have not a bit of bite. I'm almost finished. But that's the second benefit that God will cover you. He'll cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, you should trust his truth. And his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. His truth shall be your shield. And your buckler. See, one thing about truth, truth cannot be defeated. I don't care how many lies, you know, folk tell. They told me <clears throat> as a little boy when they were instilling into me about being truthful and honest, they would always tell me, say, son, one thing about it, if you tell a lie, you're going to have to prop that one up with another one. And then on down the line, you're going to have to prop that propping lie with another propping lie. And eventually, it will all come tumbling down. But one thing about the truth, the truth will stand. How many know it will stand? Sometimes if folk lie on you, it may take a little time before the truth come out. But it will stand. It will come out. It will be discovered. Sometimes people go around disliking other folk based on what they heard somebody else say about them. And then you got all these eyes looking at you cross-eyed. Looking at you funny because of what they heard. And I've heard, I've seen folk had to go to folks and say, you know what? They're not like you said. Like they said. You're not like they said you were. You know, I heard this and I, and I heard that, but I have been observing you for myself. And you are not like folks say 
You are. And I've discovered one thing about the truth. You ain't got to go around trying to convince folks of it. Because it will speak for itself. He said, his truth shall be your, your shield and your buckler. Listen, I got to hurry on to a close. It said in verse 5, thou shall not be afraid. Tell somebody, don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared. Don't be scared. You'll have the enemy. It's his job to come against you. It's his job to try to intimidate you. But tell the other neighbor, don't be scared. Trust in the Lord. You got to trust in the Lord. If you trust in him, amen, he will take care of you. The psalmist said, you shall not be afraid for the terror by night. Mm. What most times, what should we do at night? What's the best thing to do at night? S sleep. Rest. And when the enemy sends a terror by night, he wants to intimidate you and he wants to cause you to not be able to sleep and rest. That's why David said about the Lord as his shepherd, he maketh me to lie down. Tell your neighbor, lay down. Lay down. Lay, lay, lay. Go ahead, lay down. Go ahead, go to sleep, get you some rest. Stop worrying about what the enemy is trying to do because God is the watchman at the gate of your life. And because God is the watchman at the gate of my life, your life, amen, we don't have to worry about the watchman going to sleep because the Bible says he's a God that neither slumbers nor does he sleep. And because God is the watchman at the gate of my life, I'm going to get me some rest. If he going to be up, what I'm going to be up to. I, I can't help my situation by being up, losing sleep, walking the floor. I'm going to put it in the hands of the Lord. Don't be scared. The enemy tries to terrorize our lives. But don't be scared. I know some preachers scared to preach the truth because, amen, they think they're going to be kicked out the church. Not even realizing that if they kick you, they, first of all, they can't kick you out except God allow it to be so. And if they do, that means he have a better place for you. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. That's what he said here. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night. The enemy huffs and puffs. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna come by you. I'm gonna come by your house. But human nature, 
will only cause you to become fearful. And for the pistol packing saints to get your 38 and, or your 45 and set up. Sit up, you know, because you're waiting on the enemy to come and attempt to do what he said. That's human nature. But how many know the word of God says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means ain't no child of God got no business trying to fight your own battle. The battle is not yours. But it belongs to God. Listen, listen, I'm going on. I can't deal with this like I want to. But I think I've said enough. Listen here. He said, you shall not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. That means, look at here. He said, you shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Look at here. Day and night are included in this verse that lets us know your enemy never stops trying. Day and night, all the time, without ceasing. The enemy never stops trying. But he said, even though the enemy never stopped trying, you don't have to worry because God will take care of his own. God will cover you under the shadow of his wing. Have I got a witness here? And everything the enemy has planned against your life. My Bible said no weapon that's formed against you shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment it shall be condemned. Shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, God will fight your battle if you just stand still. Is it anybody here? No, God will take care of you. God will fight your battle for the battle belong to him the bible said avenge not yourself but put it all in god's hand is it anybody here knowing that god can and god will take care of his own can you say yeah say yeah Say yes. The Bible said a thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not 
out. Come nigh thee. Have I got a witness? Look at all these folks around you going down. But God is holding you up. Have I got a witness? Somebody say, no matter how many go down, for those who trust in the Lord, he will hold you up. Anybody know he will? Can you say it? Is it anybody know God will sustain your life when the enemy wants you to go down? God will continue to raise you higher and higher and higher. All you got to do is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And God will take care of you. Can I get a witness? Somebody say yeah. Say yes. The writer said, with your eyes, you will behold and see the reward of those who are wicked. Have I got a witness? The wicked want to see you go down. They want to see you fall in the trap. They want to see you fall in the ditch. But as the songwriter said, if you dig one ditch, you better dig two. For the first one you dig, it might be for you. Have I got a witness? The Lord's word said, you will see the enemy go down. Have I got a witness? Because you have made the Lord his refuge. Even the most high God, thy habitation. And the word says, there shall no evil, no evil. Somebody shout no evil. No evil. No hoodoo. No evil. No voodoo. No evil. No black magic. No dust. No powder. No witchcraft shall prosper against a child of God. All you gotta do is stay under the blood. Is it anybody here know when you're under the blood of Jesus? The world can't do you no harm. High five your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're going to win. We're victorious. If you're on the Lord's side, you're a winner. Tell somebody you're a winner and you don't even know it. You may look defeated. You may think defeated. You may feel defeated. But you're a winner. You're a winner. Touch about two folks and tell them you're a winner. You're a winner. In the name of Jesus. You're a winner. You're not defeated. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Have I got a witness? Somebody say yes. Say yes. No evil. Somebody shout no evil. No evil. No evil shall befall me. Point at yourself. No evil shall befall me. No evil 
shall befall me it may be sin against me but it shall not work against my life no evil shall befall me can I get a witness no plague shall come nigh my dwelling place because the Lord has given his angels charge over me is it anybody believe that God has given his angels charge over you that's why the accident didn't kill you because God's angels were in charge of you that's why you didn't go crazy when the man left you because God's angels were in charge of you that's why you didn't backslide after your mama died because God's angels were in charge of you say yeah Say yes, say yes. Shake your neighbor's hand and say, God's angels are in charge of me. God's angels are in charge of me. Say yes, say yes. Tell your neighbor. I got the best bodyguards in the whole wide world. I got the best bodyguards in the whole wide world. I got angels all around me. For the Bible said the angels of the Lord encamp round about those that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Anybody know he's good? Even in a bad situation, the Lord is good. You just stay in the right position. Position yourself under the shadow. Of the almighty God. And his angels. He will give his angels charge over you. Somebody may have been on the verge of committing suicide. Can I tell you? That suicide is not limited to a race or ethnic background, but it's a spirit 
depression. Let me tell you something. You can get to a point in your life where things appear to your natural eye to be so bad that suicide looks good. Folks that have never thought about taking their own life, you can get to a point where it looks real good to you. Just to be able to escape the hurt and the pain. And a lot of people do it because they feel that things are never going to get any better. There are people that have been on the verge of committing suicide. And they describe it. I heard something say, don't do it. The angel of the Lord. The angels of the Lord are, are with us. Believe it or not, you can't see it. But there are angels in this building. You can't see them. And somebody can't wrap their mind around that, but the word said the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him. Am I preaching to anybody in this building that love the Lord? Am I preaching to anybody in here that fears him? That means that there are angels in this building. A lot of, a lot of things the enemy tried to do against God's approval. Let me tell you something about the enemy. Just because God doesn't approve something that does not keep the enemy from trying. We see in the scripture where he went to, to, to the meeting when God called a meeting in heaven and that sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also amongst them and God addresses him before he calls the meeting to order. He says, Satan, from whence cometh that? He's from going to and from the earth, walking up and down in it. He said, have you considered my servant Job that there's nobody like him and that he loves God, he fears God, he avoids everything that's evil? And Satan got permission from God. He had to get permission from God before he could come against Job's life. But there are times because the devil is a devil, He'll try to go around God. Because he, because he is who he is, there are times God will disapprove of things and the enemy will try to do it anyway. See, when God gives approval, what he has to do, he tells the angels, he said, look, I know that this is my servant, they fear me, they love me. But look, I have uh, uh, given Satan a permission slip to come against them in their life. And what the angels have to do, it's not that you don't have angels anymore, it's that God has, 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 has told them, stand still, and they have to stand back. 
Then after he allows you to be tested and tried, and when God has had enough, then he'll say, angels, on your post, and they come running. It's not that they were not there. God had only stayed their assignment, said, don't do anything. You just stand there. Just stand there. And then you regular praying and calling on God and your angels are right there. But they can't do anything until God says, now go in and strengthen them. 